Warhorse, and you're listening to the Four Sides Podcast. And don't forget to tell all your little baby dork-ass friends to listen to the Four Sides Podcast, too. Otherwise, Warhorse is going to rule your ass. Welcome, everybody, to the Four Sides Podcast. My name is Caleb Carr. If you're tuning in, thank you so much. We are actually live from the Big Lee's Big Boomity Bum Boom Boom Room today because I am here. I am talking with Big Lee himself. Caleb, thanks for having me on here. I'm excited to do this. Absolutely. I'm glad you reached out. We could do something like this. I know uh, some other podcasters here are afraid to have me on their podcast, but I appreciate you taking that risk here. And with that look on your face, you're like, we're 35 seconds in and I've already bitten off more than we can chew. <laughs> All right, so if you don't know who Big Lee is, he is actually one of the former owners of CCW, is that right? Yep, that's that, That's one way to put it, yep. Okay, and he's also got his own podcast, it's called The Big Lee's World. That's right, The Big Lee's World podcast, which you can find probably on the same app that you're listening to this on right now, and it's also available at BigLee'sWorld.com, and uh, yep, we're just pretty well everywhere. We're actually uh, working on getting the YouTube set up or getting more... We got the YouTube set up more along the lines of getting it uh, distributed out, so we're working on that, and I'm going to put you on blast right up front. So, where are you at on getting that iTunes distribution? Ah, uh, well, I mean, I don't, I haven't really dealt with Apple products a whole lot, so I'm not really, like, I've looked at it and stuff, I just haven't really gotten into doing that yet. Okay, so but it's on the list of things to it's do It's on today. my list of things to do. Because I'll show you, it's just like flipping a switch. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you can show me after we... So, uh, I posted, you probably saw this on the Facebook page, see if any of y'all had some questions for Big Lee. So, I'll just... Actually, we only got one. So, I mean, that's fair. It happens sometimes. Yeah, hey, I mean, like I told you earlier, I'm pretty well an open book. So, you know, whatever questions, you know, they want to ask, whatever questions you want to ask, that's what I'm here to tell you all the stuff that you've ever wanted to know about CCW and some of the Facebook posts you've made. And, you know, we can go over some of that stuff. If you really want some true answers to that, then we can definitely cover that. Yeah, and I'm sure this won't be the last time we have him on here. So, like, if you well, it listen, depends on if you get kicked off the network. Yeah, I don't plan on doing that <laughs> unless I play copyrighted music or something. But right. Yeah, I'm not planning on that. But anyways, if you listen to this and you have some questions afterwards, just keep them in mind for next time. So, uh, the one question we did have here is, what made you want to start a podcast? I was bored. You was bored. <laughs> I was bored too. <laughs> no, I wanted to bless the people out there of my knowledge. No. Uh, seriously, I just want to start a podcast because uh, kind of two folds. One, I have a lot of great endeavors and adventures that I think people would like to hear about. I've made a lot of great friends in some of my endeavors that we have stories to share, and I think it gives a good platform for that. And second, I think that uh, the more and more is the podcast evolves, and more and more you find out, not just about me and my circle I run with, I think that some of the expectations or preconceived notions that people have about me and about the people I run with will probably tra- change significantly. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like, Are you sad there's no like burning uh, you know, satanic pentagrams of dead bodies in here at the Boom Boom Room? I mean, I was actually... I- I've heard the stories. Yeah, <laughs> I've yeah. heard the stories, definitely, but I mean... 
But anyways, I wanted... That's kind of the same reason I started my podcast is because, like, I go to all these wrestling shows like St. Louis and even Chicago or Nashville, and it's like... And so, sometimes I'll travel with other fans and stuff, and just some of the most bizarre stuff will happen, and it's just... Like you said, it's awesome to have this kind of platform to share those stories mm-hmm. on. Yeah, it's definitely... Uh, it, it opens some people's eyes. You know, one of the, one of the few comments... Uh, that's always the well. Let me rephrase how I said that. One of the comments that always seems to come up after people listen to my podcast is like, "You're not exactly what I thought you would be based off the social media post and the endeavors I've seen at you with the at shows and concerts and stuff like that." It's like, well, no. Usually, if you see me out and about, I'm probably not in the best mood to begin with because I'm at the house. I'm not at the house, so it's kind of like, uh. Let me just get out here and get this, you know, done and over with, so. But, yeah, once people kind of find it out, you know, it kind of changes their perspective to it here. As we see here, uh, the screen just went blank, so. Yeah, yeah. But, hey, it's back up now. Yeah, there we go. Technology, you gotta love it, even when it doesn't work. Just like indie wrestling sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of one of those things that we were talking about yesterday. I mean, I think you may be more, uh. Probably more uh, professional about some things than I am, so you may not want to put names out there. But uh, one of the things we talked about yesterday is somehow, like, with technology. And it's really great how, like, over the past couple of years with uh, indie wrestling, uh, has had so many more platforms to go and get themselves noticed, different companies, stuff like that, different wrestlers. And uh, it's great to see how that technology has really helped with that. But then it's still kind of funny at the same time you see when there's like issues with it. Like we were talking about a company last night where uh, they were having more of a, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, maybe a Falls Count Anywhere type match where uh, the action goes throughout the crowd, stuff like that. And it makes it really hard for the camera people to be uh, really follow, follow all the action. And I think what constitutes with that is maybe somewhat of a lack, I don't want to say a lack of training, but it's like those people that you have that are working the cameras, that's probably just what they want to do, stand there and work the cameras. Where if you work like for a bigger company like a WWE or an AEW, those guys that are running those cameras, like they know that's their main source of income. And they're not overly afraid to get out there and push through fans and stuff like that. And that's kind of one of the things I've noticed with some of these streams is it's like, well, they have the camera and they're doing all this fun stuff. And they're watching it, but if it gets too cram-packed in there, they're trying to hold the cameras over to see it versus just pushing their way through the crowd. Yeah, and I'll, I'll actually add something to that because I know I know what you're referring to. Uh-huh. There was a, I was at that show, and there were actually some fans during the match. Like The camera people was like, move, get out of the way, move. And there were just some people that didn't want to mm-hmm. move. So, I mean... I mean, they're, they're obviously probably newer camera right. people. Not like when you watch indie wrestling, you're not gonna exactly. You might get a better wrestling value, but production value it may not be as it's high. It's like a trade off. Yeah, yeah. And I think one of those things also is uh, when you look at it. I think that it's not just the say the camera people are to be blamed for something like this. I think you got to look at the fans in general. Yeah, it's kind of like okay. 
So like you and I and some other people, we've been to enough shows that we get the old 360 picture that, um, hey, you know, we want to see as much action as we can. But, oh, wait, there's this camera guy that's, you know. So people are watching at home, too. Yeah, and you want them to be able to uh, go and uh, get that action for them. So, you know, we're not going to stand there in front of it or uh, try to block the camera people. You know, we're actually going to try. If we see the cameraman kind of stuck, we may try to go up to that cameraman and say, hey, you know, here, we'll push you up here. And then, of course, you know, the same end of that, some people are like, oh, well, let's not do that. That's kind of scary. And other people are like, hey, thanks, you know. But I think it's also a trade-off with the fans and stuff like that. I know that, uh, let's see here. How do I want to say this the right way? Because I remember that it's 2020 and we can't say certain things and call people certain things. Sure. So, I remember at a show, the last show of the year I went to out at Pops. For wrestling out there for the Glory Pro show. Oh yeah, that was a great night. That was a great night indeed. Uh, you know they had Brother Manser and uh, AJ in the uh, death match, and anybody that's listened to this because they know who I am on here, which is probably one person, but nonetheless, anybody that knows anything about me knows I'm big into death matches. That's my forte as far as like my preferred professional wrestling type. So going to different death match tournaments, shows like that. And uh, we're like the diehard Deathmatch fans. Is it's like, well, they got the light tubes. Well, we don't want you with the light tubes on the other side of the ring where we can't see. We want you cracking light tubes and barbed wire right here in front of us. And I remember getting so irate that uh, people were running to our side to get away from the action. And it's like, well, wait, no. We want y'all stay over there and have them bring the action over to us so we can see. You know, we could be right there because it's like that fan, those fans there that night was like a completely different type of fans that were like, say, the Southern Sickness Cup or NGI4 to where it's like we want the violence and the action right there in front of us. Right. So I think that uh, I think some people get in their mind, they like they see this on the Internet and they're like, oh, hey, this is cool. And we want to be that cool fan that goes to see death matches, and then when they get there and it's right there in front of them, I think they get scared. Yeah, I mean, I've been guilty of that myself a few times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, death match wrestling wasn't my biggest thing at first. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm as huge of a death match fan as you, but it's. I used to be one of those people that was like. I thought certain things about deathmatch wrestling was unnecessary. And then, like, I went to see a deathmatch, and it's like, holy cow, this is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Like, I know they're actually, I know they're not actually trying to kill each other, but it's... Well, if you believe that, then you need to go watch some of that XPW footage. But that's another story for another day. All right. (laughs) Because you do not have the explicit rating on your show, so we cannot talk about... I thought I did. Well, it doesn't show up on Spotify or it didn't oh, mind. okay. But, um... I'll have to fix that. You fix that, then we can talk about some of the feuds in XPW and how legal justified homicide really is. Yep. But, um... So, I'm significantly older than you, you know? Sure. But I remember, as a young lad, in my teenage years, we used to have these things called, like, entertainment stores that sold music and DVD and books... You know, before everything was online. Oh, like Hastings, kind of. Yeah. So, like Hastings, uh, we had ones back home called Sam Goody's and uh, On Cue. 
And uh, I can remember going in there as a kid, or as a teenager, I should say, and being able to walk in there and look at, like, physically hold the DVDs and see what's on it. So what was really cool at that time was, before all this whole indie wrestling network, you had to actually buy indie DVDs, and hopefully they were the ones they were getting distributed through, like, these major chains, like a Hastings or an On Cue or Sam Goody's. So that was how I actually ended up getting really big into deathmatch wrestling because there was this nice little company called FMW, Frontier Martial Art Wrestling. And uh, on cue, not Hastings, on cue, carried those DVDs. So like I remember that was my first real like exposure to deathmatch wrestling. So like you would have your Cactus Jacks and you'd have the Headhunters. You'd still have your Terry Funk. You would have uh, Jason and Leatherface. Which, to me, I still don't understand how... I guess I don't understand completely how full copyright laws work, but how you can have a character copyrighted in America as a horror movie icon, but you can still portray that character in uh, Japan as a wrestler and get gimmicks and licensing off of it. So, that was... And then it just kind of grew, because at that time, as I started getting older, and I moved out of the boot hill and I moved up to Cape... And we had this thing called non-dial-up internet. Non-dial-up internet. Yes. I have to remember, like, I moved up here in 2007. And uh, when I did that, like, back home, we still had dial-up internet. So moving up here and having a a cable-style connection for internet, that just opened up my world to, like, all these videos and stuff like that online to see more these smaller companies like an IWA Mid-South or a CZW. Right. And that kind of opened it up to get even more exposure to deathmatch wrestling. And then that was kind of at the time where as I was getting more and more in it, then like my attention span kind of fell shorter and shorter for mainstream wrestling. You know, one of the things that I can always tell people is talk about maybe a bad choice or whatever, but I was one of the hugest TNA marks. Oh yeah, TNA was like... I enjoyed TN. There was a time where I think it was probably. This may be controversial to some people, but it was like 2008 to 2010, probably, where I thought. I thought TNA was better than WWE because yeah. actually. Funny story, I actually kind of grew up, grew up in the country too, and I had dial up internet for a little bit, so. Once my dad moved to town and I would go and stay with him when my parents were getting divorced and stuff, he had high-speed internet, so I was I was able to, you know, get on, the, right. get on the internet and watch other stuff like he was talking about and see other people's... Carmen Electra's naked wrestling <laughs> But yeah... And... No, don't laugh, that's a real thing. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, Yeah, if you're listening to this right now and you want to see something interesting... Uh, Google Carmen Electra's Naked Wrestling, and you'll be very surprised at what you find. Yeah, let me just type that into my phone real quick. <laughs> at this point, it's time to pause so you can Google. Yeah. <laughs> All but, right, we're back from the Google. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but anyways, like, there were, like, I think this is with everybody, too. There's that part, like, early when they're a wrestling fan where, you know, they, they don't, I guess there's this term called the smart wrestling fan. Uh-huh. And I guess during that time around 2010, maybe 11 or 12 also, I was 
I was becoming more of the smart wrestling fan. Like I found, I found out like Ring of Honor was a thing, and like all these uh, the CZW, and uh, there's just a whole list of them. I I think I remember my first time actually seeing Brian Danielson on my television, which was. I don't remember if it was 2008 or 2009. Uh, I won't say who this was, but they... There was this... I don't remember how they did it, but they was able to get all the pay-per-views for free on their yeah network or something like that. And I saw Ring of Honor Wrestling, and then Brian Danielson came out, and everybody was singing the final countdown, of mm-hmm. course. And I, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I mean, now there's like... You know how much wrestling has evolved since then. Like, you've got... It's evolved so much to name the company after it. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is true. But, I mean, like, you've got... You were talking about how, to see indie wrestling, you had to go to your local Hastings or right. whatever your chain was called to get DVDs. But now there's, like, Smart Mark Video where you can order DVDs online. There's... There's independent wrestling TV. There's High Spots Network. It's just a lot of exposure. Power, to... Isn't it Power Slam TV? What's that? Isn't it Power Slam TV as well? Isn't uh, that for Defy? Uh, Power Slam? I've never, I've never heard of. I know that IWTV used to be Powerbomb TV. Yeah, there's also one called Power Slam TV. That's how they showed Defy. Oh, okay. I'll have to. I guess I'm not. I guess I hadn't really gotten onto that one yet. The only reason I know about that is because of our Lord and Savior, Brody King. Oh, yeah, Brody King. Love that guy. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just kind of to segue a little bit, I'd like to kind of obviously talk about CCW a little bit. Not not give too much away because I know you're doing your own. Uh, Mine's currently expired. I still have the card. For your, for your prom- promoter's license? Oh, you meant the CCW, the wrestling. I thought you meant my concealing carry license. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought we was going to talk about that. I thought we were going to talk about the change in Missouri gun laws and whether or not it was necessary to actually pay for another concealing carry. We try to stay uh, here, here on the Four Sides podcast. We try to stay as less political as we can. But anyways, I know you're... Doing your own thing on Big Lee's world about kind of the history of yeah. CCW. So. Yeah, we just put out the first episode. Yeah, I listened to that and like being somebody that's been there since day one, like I actually learned a lot from that episode. Yeah, apparently uh, both Jason and I had to uh, throw ideas back and forth to each other to kind of remember what actually happened. Oh, yeah, that happens sometimes. Yeah, and some of the stuff that we still couldn't talk about on there. Yeah. Because, uh. Actually, uh, you talk about that. Probably the thing I wanted to... I was going to say confront, but that sounds like a very negative thing. But uh, it's actually you uh, put a post out about this. And I think it's kind of what got us started talking about doing this. Was you put a post about how it upsets you when people try to get free photos with wrestlers after you paid for one. So, do you remember this post? Yeah, I do remember. So do you have a, you have a story? That, I, do, I do have a story. Uh Again, I'm I'm not mad at anybody for this. It is what it is. Whatever happened. Well, I thought you told uh, me you were going to break their kneecaps if you saw them again. Oh no, no, no! But it was at, you remember when Jeff Hardy came in to do the the concert for Paroxygen or for the, yeah, the the CCW Fan Fest? Yep, I uh, remember that. Yeah, so uh, there was meet and greets with Jeff Hardy, of course, because mm-hmm. why wouldn't there be? 
And then after, like after the concert and stuff, like mm-hmm. Jeff's, I guess Jeff's trying to get out of there or whatever, and uh, he gets bombarded by these fans and like, can I have a selfie with you or whatever? And then like he takes selfies with them, which, which at the time it was just like, oh, I paid for the meet and greet and they get free pictures, but it's, it's whatever. It's. So what made you what made you think of that like years later to like the other day when you broke that post? I don't I don't know what made me think of that. So here's the thing I, I'll tell you about that. So the reason like the whole the whole deal with him it wasn't I don't want to say it's an ordeal because it had a negative it makes it have a negative notation to it, but there was a lot of back and forth with that to try to get an arrangement to where. Nobody, here's the thing. Anybody that's been in any kind of CCW management will tell you. CCW's never been a thing to buy your second house or anything like that. As you can see, I live in a one-bedroom apartment. So, you know, it's not like we're making hand over fist with this. Sure, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you want to break even. Or maybe put a couple dollars in your pocket. And with the Jeff Hardy deal, especially considering Jeff Hardy is still with, well, I guess he still is now. I don't know. I don't follow it that much, but it was with WWE. And uh, so his price point, he it was one of those things. It's like, and I think you could say, if you, well, apparently you stayed for the whole show because you knew about the oh, yeah. thing at the end. So it's one of those things like when you advertise, like there were so weird ways that we had to advertise it and stuff like that and the way we could put things out there based off of the contract because they didn't want us to advertise a WWE logo or name on the flyer so they they were sold to us as to promote Jeff Hardy's band however it was one of those things that uh, pretty well like we sold an immense amount of meet and greets for this which is great because that's you know kind of what we'd have to do to make money back on this because they're not going to make it just off the ticket sales and what you can see after that like you could tell how the long line was in the crowd to meet him versus how many people were actually left in the building after they got to meet him. And that, that actually stayed for the show. Right. I think if I remember right, I think we did uh, 100 and, 115, I want to say it's 115 around there meet and greets. Literally, like we had to time it out to be, you basically get like 30 seconds with to get your photo, your autograph, and to say your piece to him. And I remember like going up there, and the first person that he uh, he did, I was like, "It dude just took like three minutes just to sign and draw and color this autograph out." And I was like, "This is a cool experience, but here's the thing: we got all these people waiting, and if you're gonna take this long, like we need to pick a pace." So we get like 30 people, 30, 40 people through the line. And then he's like, hey, man, I need to go to the bathroom. He's like, is there a way I can do that? It's like, yeah. I mean, the only problem is like there was a time frame that they gave us to get these done. And I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's fine. Just we pre-sold these and we don't want. He's like, oh, man, I don't care about that, man. It's like I'll stay and talk to all of these people. I don't care. I just need to go to the bathroom. I was like, well, that's cool. So I took him down to the bathroom. And at that time, so I met the rest of the band. So took him back up. They got all the meet and greet done. 
went over. He did uh, the Podzilla podcast. I stood there for security for it, which luckily nobody bothered him. Then he went to the back. So the idea was, after we done that, he was to sell his merch, and they didn't tell us anything about meeting or anything like that. So the show was over, and he was going back there, and then people bombarded him back there. Yeah. I ne- wasn't necessarily a part of the... Uh, right, and I'm, I'm not saying I blame anybody for it. It's just kind of one of those things that happened. Oh, that wasn't the end. So where my frustration comes with something like that, or on that end, is... You had certain people that there, which I'm not going to put them on blast on your podcast because you're probably friends with them. Right, I appreciate it. But they had a bunch of TNA merch that they wanted signed, like posters and stuff like that. And they didn't bring it, they didn't go through the meet and greet. They were just trying to be there to catch him as he walked by. Right. And Jeff Hardy's a very nice person, super nice guy, very down to earth. He is not going to really be like, hey, I need to, you know, no, I got to go, I got to go. So he gives you that look of like, please, like, is there something we could do to wrap the, I'm like, so that's when I have to step in and be the bad guy. Right. Say, hey, no, he's got to go, no more signings, he has to go. If y'all want some, I literally believe I said that night, if you wanted something signed, you should have bought the meet and greet. Right. So... That's probably why I don't have that many questions. Also, I probably don't have the best reputation for being the nicest of people. I think you're a sweetheart. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> so I just remembered uh, the most recent. Again, I don't, I don't know my 100% motive for posting that. I guess it was just a thought that ran across my head that day because you know social media, right? Right. But. Uh, I won't say the promotion name, but I went up to Chicago recently, and uh, Will Ospreay was at that show. And how they do their meet and greets is you pay a hundred dollars and you get to meet everybody on the card. Yeah. And then after, so you still buy a ticket when you do that, or is it a hundred dollar meet and greet, and you still buy a ticket? Uh, the it's the hundred dollar meet and greet, and then you have to buy the ticket. But they do flash sales and stuff too, so you can get discounts. Okay. But anyways, uh, after the main event gets over, Will Ospreay, still in his gear and stuff, he goes to the he goes to his gimmicks table, and there's like a huge, a huge line of people for him, and he's he's just taking free pictures. Again, I mean, Will is just another one of those down to earth guys, but it's just it's just the idea of like, hey, I, I paid a hundred dollars to get into Fan Fest, and Here's these people getting pictures for free or autographs for free or whatever. This isn't your first time, though, having a bad experience at one of these fan fests, is it? Uh, it's not, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that, that, that wound has been... That wound's been <laughs> patched. I've been over that for a while, so... So, I mean, here's the thing. Realistically, I think it's one of those... You have to look at the talent that's there, and you have to make a judgment based off of that. Sure. Because... Yeah, they'll agree to give, like, being on the opposite end of that spectrum of being like, okay, they set this deal up to whenever they book them, if their fan fest is two hours, they're like, hey, we'll pay, you know, you'll come in for this for this rate, but we also need two hours of 100% autographs and photos. Sure. And you build that to your rate that you want to charge us for this. They put it in a quote, basically. Hmm. So what I would recommend in something like that is, you know, you got to really look at your top tier lineup of who's going to be there. 
and uh, decide whether or not it's worth the hundred bucks. So if they bring in a couple of big names that you know is going to really charge, like once that's over, because all those other people there, they're like your smaller mid to indie guys. They're gonna want. They're gonna set up their own merch after that's done, and then you know you have to decide whether or not you know whatever. If you're willing to invest in it, because a lot of those people will take photos for free. I'm personally one of those people, like, I, you can see right here, well, people listening to this can't, but you can see in that little thing by the TV there, where all the paperwork is, there's a bunch of, like, 8 by 10 signed autographs, just because, like, I'll buy something from them. Yeah, I'm the... Just s- to get the picture right. with them, and not be like, hey, you know, I know what you're probably getting paid here, and I know it's not that much, so... Here, you know, I'll pay the ten bucks for your autograph and get a picture with you. Sure, yeah, I'm the I've become the same way myself. Like, like if I like, unless if it's somebody I've met like a thousand times already. Like, I'm trying to think of an example. Uh, I think it was Joey Ryan one time. I met him and like he was taking pictures for free and stuff but i, I bought an 8 by 10 from him anyways mm-hmm. because just just to support the guy you know because like these guys do a lot for us they make sacrifices to entertain us and it's good to it's always good to support somebody rather than rather than i don't know just walking up to them and being like hey can i have a free picture and then just walk away after that so can i put a piece of controversy out here I mean, I guess. <laughs> I, I go go for it. I don't, go As for you it. can tell, we did very much... Uh, there's a lot of pre-production that went into this interview. So, here's another reason why you should always support your wrestler, your favorite wrestler at the merch table versus some other way. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but uh, a lot of the people who have pro wrestling T-stores will have their merch that they carry with them printed by someone else. A lot of your bigger, as I call them, the deathmatch guys are bigger like the GCW, uh, IWA, those type of people. Uh, I was trying to think of some other companies there. The bigger, tra- the more traveling independent people, what they'll actually do is they have their merch printed a lot of times by uh, this company called Powerbomb Prints. And uh, Jonathan... If I remember right, I'll butcher his name here. I was going to say his last name, but I can't figure out how to pronounce it. So, Jonathan, if you like good to listen to this, this is your shout-out. But um, what he actually, he prints the merch for him. And you can actually look and see the Powerbomb printed merch is uh, a lot higher quality than what you would get at a pro wrestling tease. And you could go, if you don't believe me, you can Google it and see, like, they'll show you the quality image. I'm, uh, you know... I'm all about people like wrestlers. Like if that's their best way of getting their merch print is going through pro wrestling tees, I 110% support that. You know, it's a good source of revenue for it. However, if you get a chance and you see one of the workers out who actually has their t-shirts there, pick it up from them. It's going to be a higher quality and, you know, they don't have to go through all the rigmarole of dealing with powerbomb prints. Right. And then like with pro wrestling tees or whoever, like if you buy it off the website, then pro wrestling tees gets a percentage of that, right. correct? Yeah. And the yeah, I've always seen that as a better way to support a wrestler too is like buying a shirt from them at at an event rather than on pro wrestling tees. And also, if you want another great way to support your company, is to buy your tickets in advance. Don't wait till the day of the show. That's why you'll see a lot of the promoters will put a price markup if you wait till the day of. 
not because they're trying to pickpocket you for more money, but it's an incentive to get you to buy it in advance. Because that really helps out the show and kind of makes it a whole lot easier that the promoters are not worried necessarily about the door, making sure that everybody, like, they make their money back on it if they can go into that in advance. So, like, it's that, obviously, but is it just, like, I guess paying for the show and stuff, too? Like, paying for the venue, paying for... Yeah, well, a lot of times, uh, let's see, how do I want to say this without getting heat on you? So, a lot of times, the venue will, uh, you pay the venue last, like, the venue's paid last. Oh, okay. There's only certain venues that, um, want the payment up front, and, uh, those are, well, those are t- usually end up being the roughest people to work with, not necessarily because you have to pay for it up front, but because, uh, just overall their whole model is not very well, uh, it's not very well friendly. And, uh, I will go ahead and say this, uh, that's why, well, a couple of reasons why, like, CCW always wants to run at the arena building, or Delta. Those are the two prime choices of venues. Personally, for me, I prefer Delta, just because of my background, and I like the smaller, more intimate feel. Mm-hmm. However, a lot of people do like the arena. I mean, personally, as a fan, I like the arena, just because, like... It's more spaced out rather than cramped up, but I do I do understand your side of it, liking Delta more because of the the more intimate feeling. Plus, the city of Cape doesn't like wrestling, anyways. Yeah, they always give us those uh, what what do you call those barricades that they give us? Like almost like a soccer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah the ones that always I, I've always. I've told everybody that I like those wooden barriers way better because, like, they're yeah. sturdy. They, I, I think, personally, they look a little more professional, but, I mean, that's... Well, here's the thing, and this is where we'll really get into the dirt. So, at this time point, if y'all really don't want to hear the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, this would be the great time to pause it or skip forward. But I will tell you this. This might get on my pedestal here because I can say this because I don't have a dog in the race or horse in the race or however the saying goes as far as like going forward with booking at the at Cape Girardeau but um yeah the arena it frustrates me so much that I did not know this until much later on in the business that they have a working relationship with uh the show me center so they have the ability to get us the metal railings like you see for like a WWE or yeah. like things that they line their parking lot about with and magically anytime that it's come for like where we could need something like that something would happen and they couldn't do it imagine that right and uh there's that there's just the rate in general of the arena building just uh their pricing for us uh or for CCW was not, I don't always believe it was a fair rate because knowing what they charge other events to run there and them wanting to constantly argue. I remember a time when, uh, right as uh, CCW was doing the uh, Fox deal, like the arena wanted to uh, raise the rent because they were like, oh, well, y'all are on TV. And it's like, no. 
doesn't quite work that way, and that's not how TV deals work. Right. So, anyways, so there's that, and then I always, I think I'll always have animosity against uh, the city of Cape because uh, I remember when we first started out doing shows, and it's like, contrary to what some of y'all may or may not know, I do have a master's degree in business. My undergrad's in marketing. So. Yes, contrary to even what some of the things that people have looked up in our documents as far as like our target ads and stuff like that and being like, who did y'all hire to do this? It's like, nope, it's that weirdo dude that sells tickets at the front door. Anyways, so I remember when we first started like using the marketing tips that I knew and it's like, we pay you so many hundreds of dollars a show to rent your building and you have the audacity to send us a message because we tagged the city of Cape in an Instagram post. And they had the audacity to message us and tell us, do not tag them in a post. We, we are not associates. We do not support this. We do not support this. Yeah. Hmm. And it's like, well, wait a minute here. Y'all, I mean, we're paying you so many hundreds of dollars for one night. So, needless to say, I stick with my grounds that where the city of Cape has not always been wrestling friendly. Sure. So, and I'm sure like other companies will uh, have that same endeavor if they try to run here outside the Show Me Center. So, I mean, at first, like I thought, when I first started getting this and I looked at how companies did business, like, I always wondered, like, I don't know if you remember this, but like, when Sinclair Broadcasting really took over Ring of Honor and they were starting a tour of hitting all the headline markets to where like the broadcast out of. So for here, it would have been Fox, where they all started with the distribution at. But instead of them running the show here, it was ran in Carbondale at the SIU place. And I thought that was kind of weird. So yeah. as I got into it, I thought, well, okay, Ring of Honor don't want to deal with the state of Missouri. Which that's a fair that's a fair well, It's a fair deal, I understand that. Well, now you look at it, Ring of Honor is not in the best shape financially as far as like how they're doing things, but they're running in Missouri now in St. Charles at the end of the month. Yeah, at the family arena, right? At the family arena, which is because when I was going to Ring of Honor in St. Louis events, it was in Collinsville at that event center. Did you ever go there? The event center? I've been to the Collins Club a good number of times. But... Not the Collins Club. Like, no, this was like a little event center. Oh, okay. I guess I've never. That's where Ring of Honor ran. Okay. And, uh, so for them to make that jump over to the Missouri side and run the family arena, that kind of held me in my mind. It's like, well, okay, maybe it's not just the Missouri. And also kind of made me look at the two TNA shows that were here. You know, did they slit their own throat basically for going to run? Did you go to any of the shows? Um, no, I heard they did one in Poplar Bluff and then they did the one at the... It was a Show Me Center, right? Yeah, they did two at the Show Me Center. Two at the Show Me Center, okay. They did one in like 08, 09 there. I heard one of them was like a complete disaster. Yeah, that was like 2013 or 2014. Yeah, that sounds about right. But I all, I wonder if they cut their own throats with that doing those at the Show Me Center because they wouldn't have to deal necessarily with the city of Cape and dealing with running the arena building. Because both of those shows would have came off much better if they would have had done it at the arena building versus what they would have had at the Show Me Center. Yeah. Because they were not... They were not set up for... Yeah. Man. Yeah. I imagine the Show Me Center is... 
not pro- probably not the most expensive venue in the state of Missouri, but like probably in Cape. Oh yeah, most definitely. And a lot of things you got to look at is uh, it kind of goes back with the meet and greets. It's like you have to go and look and see uh, how what what's the overall deal you can work. So it's like if we run the arena building, we have the ability to run concessions or sell out the concessions to a sugar fire or to a war child or I think uh, they told me last month that it was uh, Becky the cup I just noticed the cup Becky the cupcake lady oh the cupcake lady yeah all right so you know you run there like that costs that opens that up but it's like if you run at the show me center or if you run at the Osage you don't get that opportunity to right. sell concessions you know that's going to the venue right so you have to make sure that that price point that they rent to you at, you know, you're not, you know, you're losing a sizable cut not getting to sell concessions. So you oh, have to make sure that, you know. And that was one of the things that's like we go back and look at. One of the shows that sticks out to my mind is the uh, October show, the Hardcore Halloween with Raven. And, you know, doing that with Cape Fear, like it did help out that, you know, we had two events there, so... You know, we may not have got a concession off that one, but it got that, you know, it got into the building. Oh, sure. So it kind of helps alleviate that cost having two events there. Right. And plus, it'll always be one of my favorite shows just because Raven's there, and I'm a huge Raven, Mark. Oh, absolutely. So what's your, so you've been to all these CCW shows. You've been to more than I have. And uh, what was your favorite? Was it the baseball field show in Chaffee? The one we had where it was freezing? Yeah. Uh... It's not my favorite. That, that was not my favorite. I, I was like, it's funny though because I watched uh, Beyond Wrestling's Bash at the Beach or whatever, and just I don't know what it was about that show. If it was just the smaller crowd or whatever, but it it kind of had that vibe to it that I could appreciate. Yeah. But like, as far as my favorite CCW show goes, ah. Uh, I, I think Super Show 3 was my personal favorite just because, like, it was on Fight TV. You had you had SCU and the Besties. and you, you, That was just a really, really stacked card. Like, mm-hmm. you had you had the women's match between Shay Sheen and Kelly Klein. I thought that was a really... Honestly, I, th- I thought that was kind of the dark horse match. I was really card. upset of how the crowd treated that match. Yeah, I was too. But To me, like that, that honestly, especially the fact that, you know, Kelly put the Ring of Honor women's title on the line. Right. To me, that should have been, that that's like pay-per-view quality. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, I, lo- I love giving Tootie a hard time. I, both me and Austin Lane call her uh, big time. Yeah, speak, speaking of Tootie, uh, there was a list put out not too long ago of I, I think it was like the top 250 African American wrestlers right now and I think she was in like the 80s oh nice so yeah you know why she's in the 80s cause she's big time yeah I mean big time too <laughs> yeah I mean I was I don't I don't recall which episode it was probably the first one I was talking about how like uh, that's somebody I've kind of watched since arguably the beginning of her career and just seeing where she's gone and she's faced people like Kelly Klein and Sue Young and just she's doing her first WrestleMania weekend show 
this year, and that that's just amazing. She honestly, she deserves all. She deserves all the accolades, all the credit, and all the opportunity she gets. She's like hand like you don't. I'll be honest with you, you don't meet a lot of nice people in the wrestling business. You meet a bunch of shady, carny individuals, but you won't meet a, a lot of nice individuals in the wrestling business. And Tootie is genuinely one of the nicest people you'll meet in this business. Absolutely, like the last. Last Glory Pro Unlike show. Unlike that Chris uh, Slammer guy. That guy sucks. Oh, come on. Don't give Slammer crap, man. <laughs> uh, I love you, Slammer. Uh, but anyways, like the last Glory Pro show I went to, like, like Tootie's just one of those people that, like, she'll stay and talk with you for, like, 15 or 20 minutes mm-hmm. after a show, regardless of if you buy merchandise from her or not. Like, she's just, like you said, she's just one of those true-hearted people that's like like she's in it because mm-hmm. like how do you say it? she she loves wrestling she loves interacting with the fans and stuff and probably contrary to what many people may think you know who one of the other nicest people in this business is killer cross so here's the thing about killer cross <laughs> i i didn't know much about killer cross when i met killer cross but I've become a huge Killer Cross fan because we both have love for the bands Hatebreed and Code Orange. We're both two hardcore kids. So, uh, you know, I'm glad that Killer Cross got signed. Oh, yeah. Like, he was a super cool dude. You know, I hope it was, you know, I hope he got a break from meeting all the smart marks at the uh, at the Janela Palooza and enjoyed, you know, having a non-wrestling conversation with, uh, you know, with me. Hopefully, you know... Yeah. Otherwise, you know, he's probably just like, oh, this guy's not just a wrestling mark. He's a hardcore mark. Oh, yeah. But, um, no, uh, Hollis Jarreau. Hollis Jarreau. Hollis Jarreau. You know, he comes out there and he does his job well of being a heel. You know, he's not in the business of being a good, nice guy. But if you talk to him after the show, before the show, super nice guy. One of the probably most hardworking. And we talked about this on the last podcast I did. Uh, hands down, super nice guy. He's another guy that I expect a big 2020 from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I can say the same thing about Hollis. Like, like I've talked to him after shows and stuff, too. Like, out, out of his character, of yeah. course. And, like, sometimes, like, there, there was this period of time where, like, I would talk to him after a show and he would stay in his character. And then, like, after maybe five or ten minutes, he would kind of not yeah. be in this. He'd just be himself. Huh. I think you get a lot of the wrestlers out of that way. Yeah. I don't overly have that problem too much because I tend to look more scary than most of the wrestlers. The only person I ever had a really bad experience with was MJF. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But. You want to hear about, uh, did I ever tell you about the time me and Bob, well, Robert Young, shout out to Robert Young again. Shout out to Robert Young. Yeah. uh, But we met MJF and like, honestly, I... I didn't know anything about him at the time. This was this was the Glory Pro show where they had uh, Moose was there. It was yeah. it was Moose and Jeff Cobb. Uh, MJF was there as well. He was I believe he was the CZW World Heavyweight Champion at the time. Okay. I didn't have any idea. I had no idea who the guy was. So I'm just in line waiting to meet Moose and uh, Robert's drinking a beer. And MJF just looks over at Bob and he's like, He didn't mean a beer. He meant the cold beverage. The cold beverage, sure, right. yeah. Oh, explicit rating, yeah. <laughs> Are they really going to get on Memphis and me for no! saying beer? <laughs> but anyways, uh, MJF looks at him and he's like, 
you enjoying the beer, buddy? And Robert's like, hell yeah. And then he's like, yeah, if I look like you, I drink too. <laughs> and then we and then we meet Moose, and then we go back to our seats, and then Robert's like, that guy's a dick. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And then like five seconds later, it clicked in my mind, like, oh, that must that must be his character. Yeah. And then ever since then, like, I I have yet to get a picture with the guy, but I don't want to pay two hundred bucks at Starcast to do that. It's two hundred now, not one hundred and fifty. It's interesting. I seen uh, before you got here. Uh, I was looking on the Twitter and I seen, I guess, the Houston AEW show. They announced some before show meet and greets, and he was one of them. Really? Yeah. And I was wondering. I was like, I wonder if they're going to try that two hundred deal with him. <laughs> but it's crazy. Apparently, people pay it. Yeah. I seen a thing where, uh, you know, I don't know if it's actually different once they sh- cut the video clips out, but they're like, because you know, uh, are you talking about the the flash sale? Yeah, where he's <laughs> like, oh, you got half off, well, you only get half a picture. <laughs> I mean. I don't know. Like, I feel like that may be uh, one of those things to where, uh, I, I, being a natural Hill fan, like, I respect it, but I do think sometimes, something's going to happen to where he's going to do that and he's going to cross the wrong person, and I think it's going to be a, uh, how do I say this the right way? So, let me go back to what I said earlier. It's 2020. You kind of got to be careful about the things you say and how you say it towards people. And I think he teeters that line a lot. Oh, yeah. And uh, especially for what they do on the live TV with AEW and some of the stuff I've seen on the MLW with him. Like, I think that it's going to get to the time where he's going to try to push it and push a little too far. And I think it's going to end up hurting him, hurting him career-wise. You know, kind of like, I don't know if you want to say it or not, but, you know, there's always now there's always going to be that little mark beside Tessa winning the belt. Yeah. Because all that stuff that happened. Mm-hmm. And I think... That's inevitably what's going to happen to MJF uh, with the current path that he's on. That he's just, you know, I respect the fact he's trying to push it and push it and push it. But at the same time, it's like it's going to get to a point to where it's going to go too far. And I think it's going to come back and kind of hurt him in the long run. Because my deal with him was we went to a Glory Pro show, the one at uh, Eddie King- So it was Eddie Kingston, but it was headlined by, uh, or the, I don't know if it, was, it wasn't headlined, it was like the match, like the feature match or the match before intermission was KLD and uh PCO. PCO, yeah. So uh we went up there beforehand, we went inside and uh, this was before the doors opened and we went inside because we was Marco rode with us up there and uh we walked in there and I had my MDK shirt, Nick Gage. Shout out to the King Nick Gage. Absolutely. You're just like blushing at the fact of thinking if Nick Gage so listens to I'm gonna, this. So I'm going to cut you off for a second. I'll let you get back to what you was, But something about Nick Gage. Like if I go in. Again, I wasn't the biggest deathmatch wrestling fan. But like there's just something about Nick Gage. Like if I go to a show he's on and he he goes through that curtain. And I just, I just turn into a completely different person whenever mm-hmm. it, it I've heard other people describe it kind of like you're going to war with him. And yeah, that, I mean that's true. It's exactly that way. I mean, when, when you know he comes out to "For Whom the Bell Tolls" by Metallica, and when you hear those bells, you just get like amped up, and it's just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, so 
So anyways, I had my MDK shirt on, and uh, go in. We're in the building, and he just looks over, and he just starts like saying a bunch of stuff to me about myself and Nick Gage. I'm not gonna repeat on here because it would get you kicked off here. So, but and it was really sad because like. I had talked Jason on the way up. I was like, man, we should really try to book this MJF because, like, I think he'd get good heat and people will sell tickets to see him come in and get beat. And uh, after that, after just the way he was, I was just like, ah, I don't know. We're not even going to try to approach him to, no. Yeah. But, um, now, as far as, like, with Nick Gage goes, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's not one of those people and the nicest people you can meet when it comes time when that bell rings, though. He's all the way I the way I would describe it. Some of your listeners may know the reference. Most of them probably won't. But uh, if you want to see a real interesting uh, life story, uh, the singer is named Nergel, and he is the singer of this band called Behemoth. It's a I remember rather from Poland, but it's a satanic death metal band. Hmm. Their singer is very notorious. And uh, you can look online why, give you give you reason to get his uh, Wikipedia numbers up, but um, the gist of it is you meet him one of the nicest people, but when he gets the makeup on and he goes on stage, getting ready to go on stage, it's just like a night and day difference. Like you just, he radiates the evil coming off of him when you see him on stage and beforehand, and it's kind of like the gauge sense is like. You said like you you see Gage live, you, you become a fan. Like you're there to go to war with him. Sadly, and I don't know if sadly is necessarily the right word for it. You get into this where uh, forces clash, and I've had this happen twice. Once I was in Chicago for a GCW show, and it was main event was Nick versus another good friend of mine, Manser, old Manser. And it's just like, you're just like pulled apart. You're like, oh my God, like I, like Nick Gage is like, great. But here you have Manser and you're just like, what to do? Those are arguably like two of the big fan favorites in GCW right, right. now. Then, th- this will kind of pull if like, depending on how far you get into the death matches, another guy that's that way is he's not very popular right at the moment, but is Ricky Shane Page. I remember... Watching Ricky Shane Page through CZW, through the Cage of Death, and IWA Mid-South doing the King of the Death match. I first got to meet him in New Orleans after a CZW show. Super nice guy. Been a huge fan. And uh, so I, I love the attention like him and Gage are getting right now. But it still kind of pulls on my heartstrings that, you know. Right. Like you, you got to root for one over the other. And it's just like, ah. Oh. That's kind of... Like, honestly, back to CCW, yeah. not concealed carry weapon, uh, that's kind of me. We tried to get him to come here, but he would never respond to us. Oh, Ricky? Yeah. Oh, that would have been cool. But, yeah, that, that's kind of me with uh, Brandon Barbwire and Austin Lane, because, like, those are probably two of my favorites in CCW, right? Okay. Like, have always been. And it's like, whenever I, whenever I see them... I think it was March Malice 2. Okay. And they were fighting for the title, and I didn't know who to cheer for. And that that night, Austin ended up turning heel. So it was... But it's, it's just one of those moments, kind of like you with Nick Gage and Mance Warner. 
it's like who do I cheer for I know I've got a I mean you don't necessarily have to pick one over the other which I kind of like that about wrestling these days like you get people in crowds that are they, they start chanting both these guys both yeah. these guys yeah I don't like that you need to be loyal to one or the other okay. <laughs> we'll agree to disagree on that one. Oh, but hey <laughs> this is what we're going to call a promotional segue are you ready for this alright so you know where else you're going to have that problem at don't you what's that March 1st at the Collins Club when our Lord and Savior Nick Gage takes on our good personal friend KLD. Oh my God! I at am, the Glory oh, Pro show, I'm the not. Glory Pro anniversary show, March first, which you can get your tickets where GloryProWrestling.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, that was a great segue. It's a yeah, great segue a, here. That's another one I'm still not mentally prepared for, but like I think it's I think those two are going to tear the house down. So it's kind of interesting here with that and. Uh, you know, with the flying and stuff like, you know, Gage will have to probably fly in and stuff like that. It's like, KOD's always been great to me. Super awesome dude. He's a great worker, great guy outside of the ring. However, Nick Gage is another great guy. Nick Gage, you know, is known for his ultraviolence. So, I feel like I should probably supply a pizza cutter to Gage since Gage likes to use a pizza cutter in his matches. I just feel like, Maybe I shouldn't because he's going against KLD. Yeah. So you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a uh, tear, like tearing at my heartstrings here. It's like I want to see the ultraviolence, but I don't want to, uh, you know, do something like that to KLD. Supply, you know, anything that. Right. So what should I do? Oh, man, I. You know, I, I really don't want to make this decision for you because, like, if I tell you what to do and it ends up being the wrong decision, like, I don't, I don't want that to be on You're me. You're an accomplice. Sure. But I have to make, like, I have some time to think about it. It is a couple of weeks away, but I know I'm going to probably be busy because the night before the Glory Pro Anniversary show is CCW Chaos in Charleston 2. Featuring... Well, apparently I messed this up on the, my episode with uh, Jason. It is Otis Crowley defending the CCW title against former ECW champion Rhino. And current TNA superstar. And well, current TNA superstar. TNA Impact, whatever they want to call it now. Yeah, uh, Anthem. Anthem. Anthem Sports. Does Anthem still run that? I think so. Huh. Because what, it wasn't Anthem runs it and then they bought Axis Network? Something like that. That's how they're running on Axis now, and there's no more New Japan on Axis. They're getting ready to get rid of New Japan on Axis. Hmm. Something like that. Okay. Is that how that works? Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little behind on that one too. Yeah. But I, I pretty much watch the pay per views, just because that's probably my attention span of. If it's live, here's the thing: if wrestling is live on TV, you'll get me to sit down and watch it. If I know it's taped. It gets thrown on the back burner. Right. And then, if honestly, if I can read the results online, for me, it's easier to take five minutes and read it online versus the three hours to watch it. Yeah, and that's one of the bigger reasons why, like, before they started doing the Wednesday Night War between AEW and NXT, like, I rarely, rarely actually watched NXT. I would just yeah. watch the takeovers. Because it's... So how come when you said the Wednesday Night War, how come you said AEW versus NXT 
when it should have been AEW versus NXT versus CCW Live. Oh, CCW Live. <laughs> <laughs> so why is that not being thrown out in the Wednesday Night Wars? Oh, man. I don't know. I probably just slipped my mind. Yeah? I see how it is. I hope I don't get heat for that. You probably will get some heat for probably, that. Probably, yeah. Probably no more heat than what I'll get from making that joke, so... Eh. You know. So, for the new management team that's listening to this, my advice would be I would probably try to move CCW Live. Yeah, and I think there has been a little talk about that, too. You know. Yeah. Personally, I'll be honest with you, I don't like the concept of it. CCW Live? No. Okay, why not? I don't like the concept of CCW Live... Because I don't feel like it is an if. Let me say this the right way. I don't feel like it's an efficient form of getting the stuff across that needs to get across. I feel like when the stuff is going back and forth in the comments, like I feel like it sometimes can either pull away from it if the people are on CCW Live and they pay attention to the comments. Also, I feel like it's one of those things to where it is, uh, if there's a lot going on in the comments and they don't pay attention to it, or they see it and they don't necessarily want to comment on it. It gives a bad... What's the word I'm looking for? It, it, it gives a bad... Uh, I can't think So of, it's like... It gives a bad... Almost like a bad taste in the mouth of the fans. But it's like they're tuning in live to watch this and their comments are getting ignored. So personally for me, like... You know, the ideal of CCW Live, instead of it being like a actual like Facebook Live, like tape the show and put the video out there. That way you don't have... Like, you make it like... What was it, like a live wire back in the day? Or is that before your time? Uh, that was, I was probably around, so was well, like, when was that, 98? Like, like 97, yeah. 97, I was probably like two years old. when. Yeah, that. so it's just kind of, kind of more of like a backstage, WWE backstage style, something like that. You know, just tape the show and put it out there. I think, honestly, I think it would give the fans a better, you know, because I think some of the fans, like, they get their feelings hurt when they don't get their comments or noticed or something like that. Sure. So that would be my advice. Plus, you know, if you record the video, then you put the video on the Facebook and the YouTube. So I still think that, you know, that would be my other suggestion is once the, if you decide to continue to do the CCW Live the, in that format live, take that file, save the file, and upload it to YouTube. So, for those that don't do the Facebook, they can still do it on YouTube. Sure. And you can make it a shareable link on your Twitter. I mean, so, I mean, I, I kind of do So, like, from a marketing perspective, that's the way I see it. Right. Well, kind of from, I guess, more the fan perspective, I kind of do like how they do interact with the comments mm-hmm. sometimes. And, of, of course, when you're doing a show like that, not every comment's going to get read. So, like... If I ever comment something and it doesn't get read, I don't take it personally. It's just one of those. And sometimes, sometimes I'll just. Well, I thought comment. that's what all those face those posts meant on your Facebook was when you didn't get your comment read. You said I was going to delete Facebook. Oh my! Wait, was that was that me? I don't think that was me. I think it was. I probably did that a couple times, maybe. But uh, no, I think that's one of those things to where uh. And not every and here's the thing with it, it's not an absolute statement. So like people listen to this, like you know how wrestling fans are, just like I do. There are some people that take it really serious, and if they're not acknowledged, they get really upset about it. Right. So there are those people that you see that are like, 
well, this is stupid. Like, I said this, and they didn't comment, or they didn't read it, or, you know. It always, to me, it always gives the option, like, if they do it, if they post a video, then they can go back and read the comments and respond that way, versus of it getting live, and once it's posted and something else posts, like, nobody's paying attention, really, to that Facebook post, because they're more worried about getting the next Facebook post out. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... Yeah, and, and I find that, like, I'm becoming better at seeing both sides of that. Right. Just by, you know, sitting and talking to somebody like you or or Shannon or Dalton or whoever. Like, I've I've kind of become better at understanding it better. But yet you so haven't that. understood why uh, Slammer's a terrible person. Let's talk. Let's no, 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 no. Let let's talk about that. Why why is Slammer a terrible person? So I missed the last show. I was here. I had prior engagements. I had a little viewing party here for the H two O Subterranean Violence Volume Six Six Six, which is Matt Tremont's promotion out at uh out in New Jersey. FYI, uh, Big Lee's opinions about Slammer do not reflect uh, the opinions and personal beliefs of the Foresight's podcast. Anyways. But they really do. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so I gave Jason a hard time about this the other night because of how, the length of the One Night Riot show in general. I told him, I was like, look, y'all show must have went extremely long because I was able to watch the Deathmatch pay-per-view. Clean up the death match. Watch them clean up the death match pay per view. Put up the barbed wire cage. Have the match, and the riot is just now getting to begin when this is going off. So, uh, once I got done watching it, I pulled up Facebook, and once again, shout out to Bob, shout out to Robert Young out there listening, supporting, representing, live streaming. That's right, MDK. Anyways, so he was live streaming the uh, riot match. So, that was pretty cool. So, I watched his live feed on the TV. And, uh, I seen Slammer come out there. And, uh, I seen Slammer pull the ultimate betrayal. Oh, the Bash at the Beach? Yep, the Bash at the Beach 96. Uh, did you hear me, uh, you probably didn't, but I'm just gonna ask you anyways. Did you hear me yelling that, oh my god, Slammer's the third man? <laughs> if you did, I don't remember. Probably. Uh, so, do you remember that guy at CCW who... Like, he always comes in the NWO shirts and stuff. He's got kind of on the larger side, like us. But like, If it's who I'm thinking of, it's you and I put together. We're still not about half his size. Okay, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I I feel bad for not knowing the name of the guy, but I, I just look over and he's just laughing. Like, he's, yeah. he's laughing like I've never seen anybody laugh before. Like, yeah, I thought I was going to kill the guy because he was laughing so much. So... Yeah, tell y'all what kind of person Slimmer is. He turned on. Well, I was gonna say something. I was gonna say is. I don't think he turned on anybody. I think he just kind of. I was, I was gonna say his uh, shoot name, not his work name. So <laughs> I was like, oh wait, I should probably. I don't know. See, that, that's another thing. It's like this gets on my whole spill of marketing and how you market things, and you know when you run your Facebook under your personal name. And you don't really have a like page to really promote your stuff. You promote everything through your personal page. So, but anyways, when he turned on uh, Jackson, and uh, you know, that just shows, like, that's not a, you know, that's not what a real American would do. 
until a real American sells out and goes Hollywood. Yeah. So. I mean, what you gonna do, brother? Apparently, uh, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I actually asked Jason about this, and, uh, I don't, see, here's the thing. I don't remember if I, this actually came across in that last podcast episode, or if it was before we were recording. I told him, I was like, so are you gonna bring me in now to come and cut that Vince Russo bash at the Beach 2000 <laughs> promo against Slammer? I, I do remember you guys talking about that. So, because if anybody would do it, it would be me. <laughs> I, I feel like for just the the rest of this year, it's just going to be like a big a big shoot angle between Slammer and Big Lee's world. Right. <laughs> Come out there and jump the barricade. <laughs> Man, I'd, I'd pay. I'd probably give you a hundred bucks if you, if you were able to do that without falling. I mean, I would have to disengage the uh, barricade and come over. No, you gotta jump over it, man. Yeah, no, I'd be afraid the thing would collapse. Yeah, if and plus how packed yeah. that front row is, you know, I'd have to stand on like your leg to climb over it. Yeah, if you're a fan, by the way, at a show, don't don't ever actually do that. Right. Yeah, we don't have to tell you why. Yeah, bad things happen when you try to jump the barricade. Yeah. You know, we can laugh and joke about it. Or plus, if we did it, we would probably just get laughed and joked at too. So, But don't y'all do it, because bad things can happen that way. And uh, and if you listen to the last episode of the Big Lee's World podcast, you can hear an incident where a fan got a little overzealous with one of our Hill workers. Yeah. In Chaffee. You were there that show? Yeah. You remember that that night? I, I remember the night. I don't remember seeing the incident. Yeah. I do remember uh, back to the the Nick Gage show from January. I think it was in January. Yeah. It was him and Jeremy Wyatt and somebody just threw like a big bag of, I don't know what it was inside, but they just threw it at Jeremy Wyatt and I'm just like... I didn't like. I seen somebody throw something. I thought. Mm-hmm. It, I thought it might have been that lady that he pulled the chair from under at some time last year. I thought that might have just been like a, a work angle they did. But I got on Twitter afterwards and I saw people saying stuff like, "Don't throw shit at the wrestlers." And I usually see the, "Don't get on the free Wi-Fi and don't stand on the chairs." Yeah, that's... Which seems to me one of those problems would be, like I told you last night... The Wi-Fi, yeah. Going into the router, so... You know. Or... (coughs) Here's another concept. I don't know. This gets more... So, some of y'all listening to this are probably like, this is the boring part of the conversation. So, I don't know what speeds they're actually pushing out there at the Foley Hall. But I would think that they could either dis... If they want to disconnect that router and Anarchy put their own router up to it or Daisy chain it off of there... They wouldn't have that problem necessarily. So, but I seen the post where they put they said that they're going to upgrade it. So I guess they're going to try to push more connection out to it. Yeah, maybe, maybe a good idea would be to lock the public Wi-Fi for that show if they're able to. You know, I don't know if that that's probably Spalding's. Well, router. I mean, I would I would think that if you pay for the rental of the building, you can say, hey, disable the free Wi-Fi. Sure, even if like, hey, we'll we'll give you a little more money if you disabled though. right because i don't think people really go to i mean there's probably one or two they're like oh hey i can go here for stand outside the building and get free wi-fi yeah <laughs> oh wait there's a wrestling show inside that's being right. streamed to iwtv 
So, yeah. So, I mean, we kind of talked here today a little bit about the coming up shows here, and we're going to record my podcast here after this, here in a few moments. But uh, we talked about the CCW Chaos in Charleston 2 coming up October 29th. Or not October 29th, February 29th at uh, Charleston High School. Tickets are available at capewrestling.com. You know, that's going to have that match. It's going to have the CCW debut of Holly Dead, which I'm pretty excited about. You know. Yeah, I've seen I've seen Holly Dead once. That was at the that was at the same show I saw Will Osprey at. Yeah. And, uh, it's her and Savannah Stone, I think. Okay. Like it, it wasn't the most fancy match by any means, but it was just it, it was all right. I know her okay. from a half of the Twisted Sisters. Yeah, that's from how my homegirl Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa. Shout out to Thunder Rosa if you're listening to this. Hopefully, she's listening to this. Right. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, it's that weird creepy dude I've met before." Yeah, me. and Big Lee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's how I know. That's how I know her. I'm excited to excited to see her at CCW. So pretty solid card there. Like I said I know Cash is in a six man there. Uh, Osby Tomlin Osby, as well. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I've seen some of the match graphics on there. That guy, he's the. Uh, I've seen better match graphics, but I've seen worse. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> that guy's definitely got to step it up. Yeah, you know, maybe next time we get someone, he can just do it with a piece of paper and a stick figure. Mm. But uh, anyways, uh, we got that. Then the next day, the Big Glory Pro Anniversary Show. Yep, big back, big back to back weekend. I love them. Ba- yep, big back to back weekend. KLD Gage and then the you Dirty got Daddy, Chris Dickinson and AJ Gray versus. Yep, AJ Gray. Shout out to AJ Gray if he's listening to this. Again, hopefully. Hopefully he's listening to this. Apparently I've seen today he has a love for Mountain Dew. Oh. He's got he's got love for a lot of things. Apparently. He does. <laughs> I he does. I love like his Twitter account is probably one of my favorites right now. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a good follow on Twitter. What is it? It's uh, at Rich Homie Juice. I I believe so. Yeah, I think that's after he got suspended and got it back. Yeah. He still got his backup apparently. Yeah, he still got his backup. I think from time to time we'll see something pop up there yeah. in the news feed. So we got that. And then, let's talk about this other show coming up. I don't know too much about it. The Anarchy Show? No. Oh, wait. I forgot about the Anarchy Show. Yeah, we got Anyways, that. Anyways, February 21st. That is, yeah. February 21st. So, uh, in your hall, uh, Strong Style Series. Yeah. I almost said Submission Series because they... That's in May, right? That's in May. Okay. But... That one I'm excited because it's got the debut of one of my favorite guys out of Middle Tennessee. Brett Ison. The Pitbull Brett Ison. Yep. And then yeah, you said uh, that show, weren't you? Where it was him, Justice, and... Uh, Manser? And Manser. Yeah, and that, that, yeah. yeah, that was my first GCW show, actually. Uh, me and uh, the Nasty One was there. The Nasty One. Big Nasty. Big Nasty. Shout out to Big Nasty. If you're listening to this, probably are. <laughs> Shout out to Big Nasty. And his uh, nasty gang. Yes. You are you a proud member of the nasty gang? Uh, so <laughs> me and him actually got a thing called uh, the nasty lovers. Like we're not actually lovers, of course, but we're we're like the golden. Hey, you there's know, no, there's no judgment in the big absolutely absolutely no judgment on the four sides podcast either or the big Lee's world podcast. That's right. Except you kind of judged me about the gun joke. I mean, I, I didn't judge you. I was just like, oh my god, are you really doing this to me right now? But anyways, like, you know how I used to 
So when CCW first started, like, for the first show, I just wanted to dress up as something since uh, it was kind of affiliated with Cape Comic Con. So I decided to dress up as Kevin Owens. I had that, I had that cheap, that cheap shirt, like, I put the duct tape on it. And then, like, eventually down the road, I attempted a Kenny Omega cosplay. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. that just worked out so wonderfully, didn't it? It did. It did. Well, here's the thing. Here's what I remember about that. And uh, I remember telling Mr. Ken Murphy about this. Shout out to Ken, who's probably not listening. Ken's still trying to figure out how the podcast thing works. Apparently, Ken's also trying to figure out how the schedule works since he failed to show up for the last one I did. with supposed to be him and Jason on it. There's always a next one. But, yep. Well, I always... Anytime I seen you dress up there, of course anybody knows like name my name, me remembering names is terrible as it is. So I always go up Ken and be like, "Who's this idiot out here dressed up as somebody?" <laughs> Thanks. And he'd be like, "Oh, he's a big fan. He's his name's Caleb Carter. He's a big fan. He supports this. He supports Cape Comic Con. He's a great dude." He's like, "That's awesome. I don't get why he dresses up though." He's like, "You wouldn't understand. Don't worry about it." It's like, okay. Yeah. Now, I mean, looking back, I don't even understand. <laughs> well, I'm glad to know I'm not the only one here. Because I was just always like... So, yeah. Uh, where are we going with this? I, honestly, I don't know. We, we were, were talking just, about Strong Style. Yeah, yeah. We were talking Brett about Eisen. the... Yeah. Uh, Brett Eisen be there. Uh, Daniel McCabe will also be there. Yeah. Facing uh, the King of Haas Island himself, Thomas Shire. Okay. Another one of my big favorites. And then uh, Eric Stevens going to be Eric there. Eric Stevens, yeah. Uh, I think it's him and uh, Gary J. Gary J. Gary J. Or okay. is Gary J. facing Durden? I don't remember. I was going to say, I know Durden's there. Yeah, Stallion be there, too. Okay. All right. And then we'll have the Viking War Party versus the Hooligans. And the Hooligans' final U.S. match. Yep. Shout out to the Hooligans for listening to this. Congrats to Mason. Uh, I don't know if you're really familiar with the Hooligans. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I've heard about them, but I'm not going to lie and say I'm super familiar. So I'm a huge Hooligan Mark. Two very nice guys. They actually used to run Outlaw Wrestling over in Centralia. Okay. But uh, they're big in St. Louis. They travel their part of JCW, the Juggalo Championship Wrestling. They were at one time the FIP Tag Champs. But uh, they've always been big in the Midwest area. Great tag team. But I guess they're kind of taking some, they're looking to step away for a little bit. Uh, Mason uh, just announced that he's having a child. Hmm. Well, his That's... significant other is having a child. He's not. Oh. So. Hopefully they're still together then. Yeah, yeah, they're still together. Okay, okay. It's just not him physically having the child. All right, all right. So, you know. So, shout out to them. Congratulations on that. Absolutely. Uh, so, we look forward to seeing seeing them there. And them and the Viking War Party have always had great wars over the years. So Yeah, and then there's one more match on that card. I think it's for the Gateway, Champ- Gateway Heritage Championship. Okay. Uh, your favorite wrestler in the whole wide world, uh, the Monarch Jeremy Wyatt. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, taking on... Uh, Mr. isn't Jeremy Wyatt... Is as entertaining to watch as watching paint dry. Okay. Uh, anyways, he's, <laughs> he's taking. You on, set it up. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, he'll be taking on Shark Bait. Ooh ah ah. Shark Bait. Okay, so I don't know much about Shark Bait. He's the guy that's like was an MMA fighter. Yeah. Okay, he's out of Kansas City. I believe so. Okay. I was gonna say I've seen a couple of his matches. He was really good. Yeah, he's been he's been impressive. 
you know, unlike the other guy he's facing. Yeah, man. Appreciate technical wrestling, right? Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's not my cup of tea. Nah, it's not not everybody's cup. Of but tea. going back to what I was going, what I was saying, it was not the show I was thinking of. March seventh. Oh yeah, the pro wrestling <laughs> epic. That's uh, Priscilla Kelly, yeah. AEW star. Priscilla Kelly. Yeah, that's her name, right? Yeah, that's her. Priscilla I Kelly. was waiting for you to have a follow up <laughs> with that. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, uh, she'll be doing meet and greets there. Uh, you can. I think like she's going to be meeting there, meeting and greeting there. I'm pretty excited for her. I love Priscilla Kelly. She's probably one of my favorite uh, female athletes out there, female wrestlers. I think she's taking on Tui that night. Is she taking on Tui? Yeah, she. Okay, she awesome. I think. I think that's the main event actually. See, I didn't know because uh, I also believe on that same card is uh, Alex Herzog, the Viking, yeah, taking on the Honey Badger, Neil Diamond Cutter. Yep. So that should be a good war. You know anything about either one of those two guys? Uh, I've seen Alex a little bit, but what was the other guy's name? Neil Diamond Cutter. Neil Diamond Cutter. I've heard He's of him. He's the third hooligan. Okay, I've never... He, I don't think I've ever seen him. Yeah, they have both worked down there at that uh, Southern Sickness Cup. Okay. Pro wrestling train wreck. I might try to catch that next year. Well, I plan to go back. I know, uh, I hope everything goes good with them. Uh, J.C. Rotten and uh, Eric Waynes want to put that on down there. So. All right. I know uh, they've already announced that Cody Rice. I think what they announced, Cody Rice, Thunder Kitty. And I forgot who else was one that they've announced so far. I think they announced Marley Knox. Marley Knox, yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's it. Shout out to Marley Knox if you're listening to this. Hopefully. <laughs> that's gonna be my thing from now on when I have guests and you give shout outs and you're gonna be like, Shout out to so and so who's listening and I'm like just pause and like hopefully. Hopefully <laughs> hopefully. Alrighty, yeah. Alright. So yeah, I think that's what is that all the shows coming up? I mean Uh of course we get the I think CCW's coming to Delta March twenty first. We don't know the we know Melanie Cruz will be there, but right. that's about Unfortunately I, I will not be at that one. I will be in Nitro, West Virginia for IWA East Coast, a night for Necro. Absolutely. It's a fundraiser for Necro Butcher. So uh if you're out in the West Virginia area and you're listening to this, uh make sure you come out and support one of the legends of uh, professional wrestling. Uh if you're in the southeast Missouri area, however, Make sure you make it out to Delta for Cape Championship Wrestling. Uh, is it March? I guess it'd be March Malice. Uh, probably. And I don't know. They change up. They change up the shows like yeah. Homecoming Four, Cage Chaos, KS and Cage Three. Well, that was because uh, Homecoming Four, Cage Chaos was because we need. They, we knew the show was going to be all in a cage. Okay, that's fair. So it just made sense to not get rid of Homecoming and just put it all together. Yeah. And then after that, I guess it's April 25th is the CCW Super Show 4. Yep. You know, hopefully that's going to have a ticket or announcement about tickets going on sale. But yeah, you know. But Ken Murphy didn't show up for the meeting for us to finalize the plan, so. Yeah, there's also another, there's also another St. Louis Anarchy show on March 28th. Is that the one where it's the besties against? Uh... It's the besties versus Stallion and Nick Gage. Why they decided to put Nick Gage in a tag team match, I don't know, but that'll be interesting to see, I guess. I have a prediction. Prediction. Yep. Okay. You ready for it? Go for it. Is this official record? 
I mean, you can make a prediction. Yeah, I guess. My prediction is Stallion turns on Gage. Stallion goes heel. And it sets up a feud with Gage and Stallion. That, I would love that so much. You know. I mean, Stallion's got this thing. I know you haven't been. You've probably watched on IWTV. I have times. watched on IWTV. You've Do seen, you have a promo code? Uh, promo code, uh, I think it's... No, I mean, do you have one? Do I have a promo? Uh, no, uh, Collar Elbow wouldn't give me one of those, unfortunately. But, yeah. yeah. You ever uh, actually buy anything from Collar and Elbow? I have not yet. Is that how you get a promo code? I'm assuming probably so. Okay, I may, I may have to get on there and get a get a shirt sometime then. They do got some... I do think they got some nice shirts, though. I mean, but anyways, where was we at? Uh... Good anarchy thing. versus everyone. Yeah, anarchy versus everyone. I'm not sure what the other matches on that card are, but I don't think they've announced anything else, have they? I think just that one match. Uh, I know Stallion's got this thing going on right now where he returned to Anarchy and he mm-hmm. kind of wants to go through uh, the pillars, the pillars of St. Louis. Which, if you don't know who those are, it's uh, the War Horse Jake Parnell, which just goes by War Horse now. Who you may have heard in the intro for this show, so. If you're hopefully listening to this war horse, thank you. Uh, Gary J, one of my one of my favorites, another one of my favorites, and then uh, probably my favorite tag team in indie wrestling right now, uh, the Besties. Who made these pillars? Uh, now we're gonna get into the controversy. The you know, controversy. I, I I never figured out the pillars thing, but like just seeing the, I guess the history of St. Louis wrestling in the past. Maybe 10 years, it's just, I guess, been revolved around those four guys. See, I don't see that. I, I would think bigger pillars would be KLD. He's a pillar of St. Louis wrestling. I'm sure. To me, the hooligans, because they were doing all of this. FIP, like I said earlier, JCW, Zero One, all of these. Uh... Jake Durden. Jake Durden. So, I mean, I, I don't know if there could be more pillars than four, but I think those people would have to be up there before I would start putting anybody else. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why you couldn't have more than four pillars, unless it's just like a Mount Rushmore kind of thing, which with Mount Rushmore, there's always going to be different opinions on who should be up there, who shouldn't be up there, and so on. Yep. So this is going to end up being your longest episode, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. We still got to record mine. Yeah. Uh, so so I should, they probably should have gave you the forewarning if you started listening. Well, if you've already got to this point in the recording, you probably already know that I'm tending to be long-winded. So thanks for sticking it out to this far. Yeah, absolutely. I try to, I try to keep my episodes around maybe an hour or an hour and a half, but yeah. like I made an exception for you today. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just kind of one more thing I wanted to talk about before we wrap up. Uh, obviously, why am I so pretty? Oh, I know that already. Yeah. But uh, just obviously, ob- blood. Yeah, <laughs> obviously, you're not in CCW management anymore. But like, just kind kind of what are some of the differences between being like a wrestling fan in the crowd and like, you know, being backstage, being a part of a management team, putting together a wrestling show. Honestly, being able to enjoy the show and not worry about making sure the crowd and the meet and greet goes well enough that you didn't lose money. Like, I, like to me, that's the biggest thing. 
it's like so hard to focus on my because me I'm what I'm more what you could describe as when it comes to like social issues things of that nature like I'm very I'm very on the liberal side of things but when it comes to finances like I'm like getting blood from a turnip and any of the other members of CCW management will tell you to be like you know you could present this may get you this may be a rough example for your show but you could present me that you want to book Jesus on a show but if it's not in the finances won't be like no you're right so to me it's like not having to worry about that aspect of being like oh hey I can go to a show and just sit back and enjoy it and it's like and it's not even that well it's kind of that and also on the lines of okay so many people will come up and ask you like if they know like you've been in the business or you've seen a book you've been to show shows like how do you think your match stuff like that and it kind of hurts you to be like I didn't see your match I was up front for two show up to the first two matches. I went, I dropped cash in that box, got ready to do the in-ring meet and greet at intermission, or I went to go sell a raffle. And then it's like, if it's not that, I'm going outside because it's so hot to go get some air to come back in and do the uh, after show. And then after they're after the show meet and greet, and then after that, then we still have to go settle up. And then there's that, and then the whole uh, getting there. But there'd be like days, like I'd get there at the arena at 11 in the morning, and I wouldn't leave till like one in the night. So to me, it's just like an overall more like it's being a fan. Like you get to enjoy the show, you get to take it in more. But it's also not to said that I'm done with the wrestling business. I still have a couple of items that need to be attended to. All right. So, Mikey Cox, if you're listening to this, I hope you're enjoying Louisville, but. Uh, we still need to talk about getting some east side buildings because let's get that mud show up and running. Mud show? Yeah. Is there going to be mud there? Possibly. Possibly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. One of them outlaw mud shows. That's what those are, aren't they? Yeah. Everybody wrestles in mud. Yeah. Shout out to Jim Cornette if you're listening to this. Uh, yeah. You're probably not. Yeah, uh, if you're listening to this. I, here's the thing. I have a question, Jim Cornette, if you are listening to this. And this is probably going to be a turn off to some of your fans listening. Why are you so angry all the time? No, it's not even that. So, I actually had the opportunity, I'll say opportunity, to meet Jim Cornette when he came to Cape Comic Con a few years back. Oh, yeah. And we did not talk one thing about wrestling. Really? We talked purely politics. That's nice. Which, if you know me, like, I love to talk politics. Not just wrestling, but like U.S. foreign politics. So with that, I had a great talk with him. I don't understand, and my question to Jim is, how do you have your views towards politics one way, but when you look at the wrestling business, your views are the bipolar opposite of what you believe? And that's my question to you. So if you are listening to this, I'm sure Caleb would have you as a guest on here. I mean, I'm open. I'm open to it. I guess <laughs> <laughs> we probably it'd probably be. I probably have to make it explicit rating, but yeah. Put a warning on there. Sorry, oh, yeah. we talk politics on here. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, that would be that would be what I'd want to ask Jim Cornette. I think a lot of the stuff he says just 
just from like I guess maybe a fan perspective that's kind of learned more about the business as I've progressed in but anyways I, I think a lot of the things he says might just be to stir up some controversy generate ratings yeah yeah it's like Eric Bischoff says uh, controversy creates cash which uh, Trent Daniels loved that quote and I had to tell him that Eric Bischoff said that yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I love that quote, dude. Oh, Trent Daniels. Oh yeah, love that's that another guy. person I don't like. Really? Yeah. Why don't you like him? See, here's the thing. I think Shannon Young made this saying. Shout out to Shannon Young if you're listening to this. He puts over our podcast, so shout out to him. Shout out to his Podzilla podcast. Make he's, sure you check it out. He's definitely got to be listening, right? Hey, if he's not had a heart attack, listen to some of the stuff we've already talked about. And you've made it this far. Shout out to Shannon Young for listening. We appreciate the support. But, um, so, trending Trent Daniels. Even as a Hills fan, I can't get behind the idea of a men's title or the way that he uh, treats women. So, fair. I just fair. can't get behind that. That's fair. So I'm sure there's a lot of other people. Uh, shout out to Michaela Minton if you're listening. I know. Uh, so like he has this face. You know how wrestlers have Facebook pages. Uh, she actually went on there and you know it says recommend or don't recommend. Uh, she hit I do not recommend Trent Daniels because <laughs> he is a sexist person. So did he get more likes from that? Uh, I think he laugh reacted to that, actually. Oh. But, I mean, obviously, as a fan, I don't like the gimmick. I like to boo him. But, you know, that that's just the fun of being a fan. And get, don't let getting... it kid you. He's really that way in real life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I was going to make a political statement, but I decided not to. <laughs> but just getting invested into the characters. And I think Trent... Is they... Showtime with him now? Did I see that? Yeah, yeah. It is I Showtime. love Show. Shout out Show- to Showtime. I love yes. Showtime. Showtime. So, I'll tell a story about the the January show. Uh, there was an issue with getting a copy of the boarding pass. Don't ask. It was an ordeal. And uh, so Jason called, and I got a copy printed and took down there to him. And uh, Showtime was there. And uh, I'm assuming, I guess, he was a surprise. Yeah. Okay. So he's back there, and. Uh, Shaking everybody's hand. Everybody knows anything about the indie business. If you see anybody at the show, you shake their hand. Yep. And then you touch tips. <laughs> Let that one set in for a second. Alright, alright. Anyways, so, you shake hands and then, uh, so everybody comes comes gather around where one's at. And it just, everybody kind of like, with how tall everybody is, everybody kind of hid showtime. So you couldn't get back there and get the handshake. Just because what everybody was saying, you couldn't see. So he yells out, Big Lee, I see you. You can't see me, but I can see you. I can picture him just just the, the voice. <laughs> I can, I can, I just, things you can hear but not see. So shout out to Showtime if you're listening to this. You know, he does a lot of great like banner printing shirts and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So make sure you hit him up if you need any. Uh, anything printed? Yeah, I'm kind of 
I've kind of become a little more familiar with, like, obviously that was my first time seeing him in person, but I've been on the Facebook. Is that a short joke? I don't do, I'm not that, I'm not that cruel, all right, but yeah, that's my first time seeing him. I've heard stuff about him on the Facebook and just seeing pictures, videos and stuff. I'm glad that he's in CCW. I think he's going to, I think he's going to bring a good. Yeah, he's going to bring something good to CCW. I, I've had experiences with him in uh, West Tennessee, and uh, just seeing him down there. And he, he's a great worker. He does he does good business. Super nice guy. So I'm glad to see him a part of CCW. Yeah, and then him with uh, Trent Daniels, who's probably, like I said, the most hated guy in CCW right now. Unless you're Lee and you hate Slammer a little more. Right. But I think those two are going to... Create a lot of controversy and then a lot of cash. Well, I don't know where the cash part's coming from. I guess unless Cash Board and Ref's a fight between the two of us. Two of us? Between me and Slammer. Oh, you and Slammer? That'd be interesting to see. Yeah. 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 Hashtag book that. Yeah. Hashtag Geritol on the pole. Yep. Super Show. Four, maybe? Maybe five. Might have to wait till five to do that. Get the heat really building. Yeah, man. yeah. More more story development. Right. Yeah. Stay tuned, Winky Face, on that one. Right. With the, uh, after I cut the uh, Vince Russo promo. Yeah, yeah. And are you going yeah. to play the role with Jarrett and lay down for him? I mean, I'm open to it. <laughs> I, I'll, have to, I'll have to dye my hair blonde and maybe grow it out a little more first. But get me a guitar. There you go. Yeah. Make sure you don't like the dollar tree, get one of the little plastic ones. <laughs> I'll be, uh, I'll, what is it? Uh, what's that other word for ripoff? Uh, bootleg uh, parody. Boot, parody bootleg. Jeff Jarrett. I'll be double C instead. Double C. Of, yeah. There you go. Hey, look at that. Yeah, that's C A double R T double E. You didn't even spell your name. Pretty sure you forgot a letter there. Yeah. I forgot a first name. I just I spelled my last name. Uh, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap this hey, thing yeah, up? Hey, we're going to wrap this up. We're going to record an episode of, with Caleb here the, with the Big Leagues World Podcast. So I appreciate you having me on here. Absolutely. Like I said, if you want to find out more about the uh, Big Leagues World Podcast, it's on your favorite podcast platform apps. Just search Big Leagues World. Uh, you can also go to BigLeagueWorld.com. If you want to follow us on the social, you can follow us on uh, Big Leagues World on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, if you want to find out more about me, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at uh, BigLee756. I have a Facebook. I think the like page is like 756BigLee. And I have a personal page, but it don't really get messed with too much. So the best way to interact with me is on Twitter and uh, Instagram at BigLee756. Or interact with the podcast page at BigLee's World on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, Like I said... Thanks again for having me on here. And Absolutely. Thanks for being a part of this. Yeah, hopefully I don't get you too much heat for some of the comments. Eh, I'm sure they'll get over it. If, yeah. Eh. If not, we're taking tag team bookings. Yes, yes. We're, the, we're not getting license or blood work, though. The the new natural disasters. That's right. The uh, guy that can't spell and the guy that keeps can't remembering his words. So yeah, I get to be tugboat, though. Oh, yeah? Because you got to live? No, because I got the I got the more hair. Do you make the tugboat sound? Yeah. Well, this is the time to make the tugboat sound. I'm not going to make the tugboat <laughs> sound. You're going to have to. 
Yeah. Is that for the OnlyFans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I get that. When you get that's, that? That's another thing I'm working on, probably. Well, I don't think it takes that much. I think you've got to verify your ID and will it be willing to sell your content to them. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just got to find people to buy my content, I guess. Oh hey! If you, if, you, if you want me, if you want a four sides only fans, uh, be sure to hit the like on this and make sure you hit that share button as well. And let them know you can find out more on the uh, four sides only fans about the nasty lovers. Yes, yes. You never finished that, by the way. Oh yeah. So like the nasty lovers was like. So you know how... Can, you realize can, you're about to end your podcast with the Nasty Lovers? Yeah, yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a first for everything, but... That's right. Yeah, you, you know how I had the whole dressing up as Kenny Omega thing going on. Uh, it was just kind of like Kenny and Koda being the golden lovers. Mm-hmm. Me and Big Nasty, of course, being the Nasty Lovers. Uh, I also tried to pull off a, a lover's angle with Damone. At, uh, I think it was American Hostile, but that never... Unfortunately, that never took off. But he went to greener pastures. Yeah, he went. Yeah, and I, I had to, I had to let him do his thing. So uh, sh- shout out to Damone if if you're at OVW listening to this right now in Louisville. Yes, big motionless and white fan. Yeah, he's big Ice Nine Kills fan. Yes, yes, I love seeing his his workout playlist. Right, week. that's one of the posts I look forward to actually. But anyways, uh, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, my page is called Four Sides. I'm on Twitter at Four Sides IV, and that is all lowercase. Probably know that by now. Uh, I don't have Instagram yet. Might be working on that. Snapchat. I don't do Snapchat, so. I mean, Snapchat's got one real purpose, and it's probably not about podcasting. Nah, not really. Like, I used to be on this wrestling page like just for memes and stuff and there's like hey you guys want to make us we should make a snapchat and i'm like why would we make a snapchat for a meme page right yeah but um i'm also on anchor which is where you're probably listening to this or spotify working on getting on itunes we'll get that taken care of soon uh i will probably continue uploading to soundcloud i don't know how much longer I'm going to pursue that with the limitations and all that they have on because you can only upload so much time on a SoundCloud account right unless you start paying yeah unless which I might start paying depending on like how many listens I start getting on SoundCloud and stuff because I know I know for a lot of people that and Spotify is just an efficient way Mm -hmm. to listen and iTunes of course but again work in progress uh, Lee, thanks for coming on and just having the conversation. Most Great. definitely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And, uh, if you're excited to hear more of us, be on the lookout for the episode of Big Lee's World Podcast with Caleb Carter that can't spell his name right. Yeah. And Big Lee. Yeah, he's going to teach me how to spell my name. Uh, I can't promise you that because I'm terrible at selling, too. Ah. Uh, we all can't sell. Not all of us. Or spell. Sell or spell. <laughs> <laughs> One more thing before we end this episode, since you brought that up. Uh, 12 hours later. Yeah, 12 <laughs> hours later. Uh, there was this tweet I saw from Hulk Hogan like years ago. and Well, you can't say those words anymore. What, Hulk Hogan? No, the words that Hulk Hogan says. Oh, well, not that, not <laughs> that part. But it's like, he said something like, people online, blah, 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 how to spell or something. 
And then whenever he said, actually, here, here's how it went. Uh, he said something like, I get you guys are correcting my grammar. I I understand sometimes I don't know how to spell. And then somebody said, uh, you misspelled cell. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a great place to end off the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, next week, we'll probably talk about... Uh, well, I know, I know, Southern Elite Championship Wrestling's coming up in Arkansas, so we might talk about that. We'll talk a little bit about probably my ring announcing down there. What about the Naked Women's Wrestling League? Oh yeah, we I might check that out and get that explicit rating up, and we'll we might talk about that too. So uh, thanks for tuning in, and until next time, this has been Caleb with the Four Sides, and I'll see you later.